Welcome to episode number 13 of the Sectarian States. Before I get into today's podcast, I wanted to say something about the timing of this podcast. I write these scripts sometimes a week or two in advance. I think I've been sitting on this one for a couple of weeks. Sometimes I write them a day or two in advance, and occasionally I will write them and then immediately record them. Pretty new to this podcasting thing. This is a pretty new podcast. Mileage will vary. That means that there are things that are happening right now that I think are very important to talk about, like, for example, Game Stonks as I'm recording this, that I will not talk about yet. I need to get my thoughts in order. I need to ruminate. I need to stew. I need to write some stuff down, delete it, rewrite it, and perhaps edit it another time or two before I feel like it's something I can put up. I'm not doing a daily or a weekly podcast in which I talk about current events, so I have that liberty. Perhaps in the future I won't have that liberty, but right now, I do. So if there's something exceptional happening in the world that I'm not talking about, it could be because I'm not sure how it relates to the podcast, or I'm still weaving the tapestry of that story to where it does relate. At some point, possibly in the near future, I might even put things out that are only very tangentially related to the purpose of this podcast. And some of those I might even title as like bonus episodes or something like that, because they don't really relate. Anyway, Back to today's episode. So I recently received a DM on Twitter about this podcast. I wanted to address some of the concerns in that DM. I'm not doing this out of spite or anger or anything like that, but out of a genuine desire for dialogue. I want people who disagree with me to voice their disagreements. This particular DM is from an old friend from Twitter and someone whose ideological views are quite different from my own, one of my hopes with this podcast is to cross any kind of ideological divide and convince people of all political stripes that my conclusion, at least in this, is sound. That the United States should no longer be united, and various constituent parts of the current United States would be best served to each go their own way. Without further ado, let's look at some of that listener mail. So the DM says... Listening to the Sectarian Podcast, heard a few episodes. Divorcing, as you call it, on political grounds seems short-sighted, impossible. Unquote? Sure, we'll say unquote there. Well, there, I will obviously disagree. I mean, I'm making a podcast about how divorcing, as I call it on political grounds, is not short-sighted or impossible. First, I don't think that it's short-sighted. I think attempting to maintain the status quo is short-sighted. I think trying to keep things as they are is short-sighted. And I don't think that it's impossible. I think that it is possible. In fact, it has happened before, sometimes with violence and sometimes not. 
It happened successfully at least once in this country, albeit with violence, and a couple more times if you count uh, Texas and California as removing themselves from Mexico, again, unfortunately, with violence. I want to prevent that violence. I want to make it a non-violent secessionary movement or a non-violent divorce, as it were. In a previous episode, I talked about times where various parts of the United States either attempted secession or did something very close to that because those various parts disagreed with what the federal government was doing. Continuing on with the DM, I mean, you could be living in libertarian paradise but have kids who like socialism because they're lazy and enjoy stealing from everyone. Similarly, I could be enjoying my socialist utopia but have offspring that goes for libertarianism because they're selfish, evil, and enjoy hearing the poor. And that's without mentioning the possibility one of us comes to his senses and the other gets brain damage, leading to our own politics to radically change. What then? End quote. Uh, first and foremost... What I primarily advocate in this podcast is not necessarily the complete ideological segregation of all people into tiny microstates, into covenant communities, where they can move freely from one to the other so long as where they're moving will have them. That might be an ideal, but I'm not pushing for that so much with this podcast. I might put little breadcrumbs in there along those lines. But that's not my main purpose with this podcast. What I'm pushing for here is basically any kind of decentralization. I've often said something along the lines of, it wouldn't be ideal to me, but another thing that could happen is for the United States to become more like the European Union, still under the moniker of the United States, but with each state having as much independence to each other and to the U.S. government as France does to Germany and the EU. I do want to convince you that it is time for the U.S. to have a divorce and that it can be an amicable one with no hard feelings, and that we can even visit each other and maybe reminisce about the old times back when we were together. We could have a bottle of booze, have a highly unrecommended fling before we remember why we separated in the first place, etc., etc. And at some points, I might try to convince you that we should try what I think would be best. But more than convincing you to do what I want to do, I think that even if we separate it into two or 10 or 50 or 100 miniature United States clones with all of the political problems that the United States has now only on a smaller scale, I want to convince you that even that would be better than what we currently have because of the unwieldy massive size of the current U.S. empire. So yeah, getting a divorce doesn't necessarily mean that there will be one nation of socialists, one of conservatives, one of libertarians, one of liberals, etc., etc., etc. I think the two most likely results of a national divorce would either be 50-odd new countries, more than 50 really, uh, looking at like Puerto Rico, Guam, etc., or we could break into smaller regional nations. For example, there'd be New England, there'd be Cascadia, there'd be whatever the upper Midwest would call itself, etc. None of these new countries would be ideologically pure. Some of them will be more progressive, some will be more liberal, some more conservative, but only as relative to each other. You know, kind of like how those regions currently are, and how other countries in the world are relative to each other. But because I'm not really the kind of guy to not answer any kind of argument, because I'm stubborn, even if that argument doesn't exactly apply, let's say that 
the United States has a divorce. And in this mix of however many states that are left over, there are the states of Rothbardia, and there's the state of Anglesland. Uh, Rothbardia is some sort of libertarian utopia, and Anglesland is some sort of socialist utopia. Let's say that I, in Rothbardia, have a kid who decided that Das Kapital was the bee's knees, and you, in Anglesland, have a kid who read some Bambavirk and decided that it was awesome. Or what happens if you or I, living in our respective utopias, suddenly come to our senses and decide that the more or less opposite ideology is correct? Well, what would happen today if you decided that you liked Maryland better than Virginia, or Canada better than the United States, or if you liked France better than England? You could try to immigrate. Now, states sometimes make it hard to immigrate, but since they run the gamut on how hard or easy it is, then at the very worst, future divorced U.S. world would be just like our current world, only with more countries and therefore more possibilities that one of them would accept you. Maybe Rothbardia will reject your kid. Maybe Engelsland will reject mine. And now they would have to live in a country with which they disagree with a great deal many policies. Really, how different is that from today? An ideologically based community might, of course, reject you because of your ideology, and might accept your kid based on their ideology, or they might not. Again, if I decided that the ideology, the, the prevailing ideology of Iran was much more to my liking than the prevailing ideology or ideologies of the United States, how likely is it that I would actually be able to move there? Splitting the United States into smaller countries won't cure everything. It will not cure cancer or AIDS, or old age, it will not solve the problem of scarcity. Sugar will not be sweeter. Earthquakes will not be less destructive. And death will still come for us all in the end. Sorry to be a downer. I'm not proposing a cure to everything. I'm simply saying that it would be better. Back to the DM. Maybe you could say something about it in future episodes? Done. People changing their mind about what part they want to be in? If great freedom to go back and forth seems like a solution to you, I'd argue that would create a situation that would be gamed. I go to capitalism land, take huge risks, and when I end up broke, decide that socialism country, with its big social safety net, is actually more my thing. When I'm back on my feet, I try my luck again in capitalism land. If there's a free-for-all coming and going, I can try risk-free till one of my wacky schemes succeeds or I'm dead. Doesn't seem ideal to me. Have a good Sunday. And that's the end of the DM. Well, let's look at this. If you start and say Anglesland and go to give Rothbardia a try and fail, perhaps Anglesland would let you back in and perhaps they wouldn't. Maybe they'd let you back in the first time, but if you left again, they wouldn't let you back in again. Maybe Rothbardia wouldn't let you back in that second time. I mean, after your last massive failure that was so bad you went back to Anglesland, I can't imagine there would be a bank willing to lend you the money to try again. That's nothing, of course, to say 
of what would most likely happen in the U.S. if the various states got divorced. There would not be a Rothbardia or an Engelsland. I mean, we would have a California, a Texas, a Florida, etc., etc., or perhaps we would have Cascadia, Midwesteria, I guess, New England, etc., etc., and perhaps California will have a more robust welfare state than Texas. But whether Texas accepts all Californian immigrants or not, and vice versa, again, what would happen is at worst the same problem someone would have if they wanted to immigrate to, say, Canada. Now, could this system be gamed? Could any system be gamed? I'm sure it could. But I have to stress this point. I am not attempting to create utopia. If we do what I am suggesting in this podcast and break up the United States of America, that might be analogous to curing diabetes. Diabetes is a serious disease. It is the seventh leading cause of death in the U.S., and some 270,000 people died of diabetes as the underlying or contributing cause of death in 2017. Obviously, everybody is going to eventually die sometimes, but perhaps, perhaps, I could raise the average age of death up a year or two or five or ten, I don't even know how much, with my cure for diabetes. Just because I cure diabetes doesn't mean cancer doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that death doesn't happen. It just means that where once we had 100 problems, now we have 99 problems and diabetes ain't one. And those 99 problems will have to be addressed by themselves. Some of them may seem more severe because I've cured diabetes and because now instead of dying of diabetes, someone dies of heart disease a year or two or five or ten later than they would have died of diabetes. So heart disease deaths go up because I have eliminated diabetes. So yes, I've metaphorically discovered the cure for diabetes. I, to be fair, haven't discovered it. I'm simply reiterating it. But the problems you may have with my cure for diabetes is that more people die of heart failure, not because the diabetes cure causes that, but because sans diabetes, people still die and they gotta die of something. The problems you have with a future divorced U.S. world are the same problems you have with the current world only absent the presence of a singular particular megalithic power that causes death and destruction on a grand scale. The divorced U.S. will not cure all ills, only some. I do, however, think that it is worth it to cure some ills, even if I cannot cure all of them. That's it from me today, everyone, and yet it was a short one today. If you enjoy what I do here, please rate me on whatever podcatcher you may be using. You can find me at YouHadMeAtHayek on Twitter if you have any questions or comments, or if you have any DMs like the one that I talked about today. Or if you just want to read my random tweets about politics, booze, or mostly right now I think it is cute animal retweets. Until next time, take it easy.